Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Right now. Darren. You know, Andre DuPont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. And so the coach laughed at a boy, Moose, just like the Moose. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show where roughing is encouraged. How about that? Welcome into hour two of the Rod Peterson Show. Rod's week off here on the program, and uh, Darren Dupont in this chair. We brought in Drew Koster today from the Off the Hazel podcast and the head coach of the Junior B uh, Pilot Butte Storm just recently announced this week. Congratulations on that, Drew. Thanks, Dupes. Appreciate it. Yeah, so um, as we kick off hour two, we want to get to your comments too as we, as we roll. Um, Shane McGowan watching on Facebook. Ovi had every right to express what he saw and his feeling. That's why he's the Stanley Cup champion. One of the best in the league who you want on your team. We were talking about Alexander Ovechkin having a mini meltdown after the uh, double overtime loss and, and screaming at his teammates. And he's getting a lot of criticism for lack of leadership and not dealing with it the right way. But I, I think he dealt with it fine. It, to me, it's about how did he deal with it in the locker room afterwards. In the moment, hold people accountable. You don't have time to sit there and, and coddle people, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. You're really having a time with your mic, eh? It just literally fell down. It was like this whole time. All right. That's okay. We got an interview coming up. <laughs> we don't need that? you much in this segment, so uh, we're okay. Um, Tacona Polly on YouTube. Moose, you're the glue that you're the, the glue of the show. LOL. I think that's a good thing. Darren Thompson on Facebook. The playoff room has to be cohesive. Yes, it does, and I'm sure it still is in Washington. Right. They're fine. Um, that's a funny story. Oh, Wayne Grolo, the, uh, the moose story, says that's a funny story. All right, last night it was the Jets over the Oilers in game one, and we go out to Winnipeg now and join uh, Sportsnet's Sean Reynolds of the uh, Kenny and Rennie show. Morning, Sean. How was the show last night? I'm Probably a good one. I didn't get to, I didn't get to catch it. Yeah, it was, we were on pretty late because Ken of Kenny and Rennie uh, writes for Sportsnet and uh, needed to get his stuff up, and it took it took a while to do that. So we went on pretty late, but yeah, we're always surprised by the fans, including T. Konopoli. Give a shout out to T. Konopoli. <laughs> he's putting he's putting all our kids through college. He's all over the place uh, I know. watching us in these spaces. So good for good on him. Awesome job. But yeah, it was a great show. People were fired up. Uh, you know, that's been the big question down the stretch here is the Jets have kind of been falling apart down the stretch. Could they cobble it back together and do the right things? And boy, oh boy, that game that they played last night, uh, Paul Maurice had talked about a blueprint. He talked about the things that they needed to do. That game looked exactly like what he had talked about. So give Paul Maurice credit. He, uh, he had a vision and he had his players execute it. And as a coach, you can't ask for much better than that in the playoffs. Yeah, no kidding. Um, that is, that's a textbook Winnipeg Jets victory. It's a playoff victory. Connor Hellebuck was really good. But how did they shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl? Oh, I mean, th- that's the big question. I, I, I honestly don't think that we saw anywhere near the best out of those two players. Uh, I think that's part of what we saw there. Um, I mean, everyone always says you got to get the body on these players. you got to hit them. you got to get in their kitchen. Well, I mean... Of course you do. Everyone knows that. It's easier said than done, though, when the guy's fast as lightning. You, you have to be able to catch up with him and stay with him in order to do it. But I think therein lies the answer is they're not necessarily leaving it on one player. They're doing a really good job of, you know, controlling when if you're 
one of five players on the ice for the Winnipeg Jets. When Connor McDavid is going by you, you're pressuring him as much as you can until he kind of gets past you. And then that's when the next Winnipeg Jet player is sitting there waiting, ready to take over. And I just thought they did a really good job of kind of pushing him in the areas that you want to push him. I just saw there were so many instances last night where Connor McDavid who, in my mind, I know people think he's mostly an East and West player because he can do that. He's the ultimate North to South player because every time he gets the puck, what he's trying to do is just skate through everybody straight to the net and score. That's the first thing that he tries. And I just thought that directness of his game getting straight to the net, the Jets just did a good job of constantly kind of pushing him to the outside, to the outside, in kind of behind the net where I thought Neil Pionk did a really good job of kind of finishing him, getting the body on him, grinding him down a little bit. Uh, Connor McDavid did not look comfortable in that game. Again, I don't think we've seen the best of him, uh, but I think the Winnipeg Jets did. Uh, that blueprint is going to make it very hard for Connor McDavid to be what he was in the regular season throughout this series if they can continue doing that. What did you think of the sequence when they scored the go-ahead goal and then the horn goes halfway through the sequence, right? It was that, that was the 2-1 goal, wasn't it? Like, Yeah, yeah. That's your game-winning game game goal. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because the players on the bench said afterwards that they thought that it went in and they showed a replay uh, probably, I mean, in, in the little cameras uh, or the little screens in the back that the coaches look at and saw that it went in. So the players knew in fairly short order, in about 10 seconds, that it was a goal. And Dominic Toninato, who scored the goal, thought that it was in. It was hilarious. Here's a guy who has been, basically been a taxi squad player the entire year for the Winnipeg Jets, plays a couple games at the end of the regular season, impresses so much in those games that he gets into the the lineup, the playoff lineup in game one, and scores the game winner. But he's such a new guy that he scores and is pretty sure he scores and puts his hands up to celebrate uh, and then is more worried about looking like an idiot to his teammates <laughs> by celebrating a goal he didn't score. So he puts his hands down quickly and kind of doesn't question things, whereas, you know, those confident goal scorers would be like, it's in, it's in, it's in, pointing at the ref. He's just like trying to not look like an idiot, he says to his teammates. And then the cherry on top is Logan Stanley, who, uh, you know, young rookie defenseman, who another guy who was a big question mark whether or not he was going to be in the playoff lineup. He's the guy who takes the shot and, you know, in full on rookie focus, just dumps the idea that that was a goal, moves on, starts doing all the things he's supposed to do, goes down the ice. And I believe the puck's in his corner when the horn goes and all the Jets go to the bench and are celebrating there because they've already changed. Dominic Toninaro has already left the ice. So the celebration for the players who scored is kind of half on the bench, half on the ice. And big six foot eight Logan Stanley turns around, looks to the bench and sees a bunch of guys gathered and starts heading over there because he thinks there's a scrum that he needs to start chucking knuckles in. So I just thought that that was, uh, you know, it, it was it was such a delicious story of a bunch of these players who just want nothing more than to contribute to the Jets win, but aren't the kind of guys who usually do it but came to, sh to play in game one, got that opportunity, and their minds were all in the right spaces to do that, to contribute, and it was good to see those guys get a payoff. Yeah, it really was. I mean, just a complete effort. Now, no Nikolai Ehlers. They did without him, without Pierre-Luc Dubois, and it was kind of said around here in a break, man, if they get those two guys back and play like this, I mean, the series might not be close, but how close are we, do you think, to seeing Nikolai Ehlers or Pierre-Luc Dubois in this series? Well, I don't think we see Pierre-Luc Dubois in game two. I think it's a possibility for Nick Ehlers, but we still haven't seen him take a slap shot. So, I, I mean, uh, our expectation is that the issue that he's ha having is with his shoulder. He's skating. Uh, he's in really good shape. He's moving the puck around. He's passing it. But he's by no means snapping the puck around. And, I mean, Nick Ehlers, you know, for a smaller guy, has a phenomenal shot. He can really rifle it. We haven't seen him do that since before he left. Uh, and so you're going to need to, I, I don't even know that we're going to see him come out and, and be in a game right away after uh, we see him taking those shots. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until game three or, or even later in the series. Although, hey, if he shows up in game two, uh, I could see that happening as well. I see him being further ahead in the timeline 
than Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I think that's important for the Winnipeg Jets because I think I've said it on this show before. Um, for me, Nick Ehlers is the, the team's MVP this season. He's a real game breaker. He really has been able to turn the tide. They need him back in the lineup. Again, I don't think the Jets saw the best of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they're it's good. They're going to get better as the series goes on. So the Jets are going to need to get better. Nick Ehlers is a short route to doing that. Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, has all kinds of talent. Uh, it hasn't really clicked for the Winnipeg Jets. I think a lot of the confusion that the Jets have had throughout their lineup during the regular season has had to do with switching the lines up to find something that works for Pierre-Luc Dubois. They've found that at times with him on the wing. They put him with uh, Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler, and that worked well, but they really do want to use him as a center. I just don't think they found anything that's clicked so far this year. I'm not going to go as far as saying I think he'd be a distraction if he came back but Pierre-Luc Dubois it sounds great to add a big strong talented winger back into your lineup but the issue that exists there with him in the lineup is they just have not found a home for him yet and uh, as good as the Jets were in that first game and having everything come together that's a big piece of the puzzle that they haven't been able to fit where it's supposed to go so far this season and I do think that those issues are something they'll have to deal with on the fly when he does come back into the lineup. We were just talking about in the opening segment about how hard it is to win a game in the playoffs. And to that extent, even tougher to win four out of seven. But does that win and going up one nothing give Paul Maurice a little more flexibility to not rush these guys back? Oh, I, I totally think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was one of the first things that we thought of last night after that victory happens because, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people who are expecting, hey, the Jets have lost six straight games against the Edmonton Oilers. They hadn't figured out how to get their forecheck in on them. And one of their best players, two of their, their best players, are missing out of the lineup. The one advantage that everyone thinks is glaring in this series is that the Jets have the depth that the Edmonton Oilers don't. Now, that showed up in game one, although I think it showed up in a way, you know, Nate Thompson having two assists, Dominic Toninato having a goal, Tucker Pullman having a goal, Logan Stanley having an assist, primary assist on a goal. That's the kind of depth that I don't think people were expecting the Jets to win on. You're expecting them to win off maybe Andrew Kopp doing something on the third line if he's playing with Adam Lowry. Adam Lowry getting something done. Mason Appleton's been great. Matthew Perot, definitely Nick Ehlers. That's the depth that was supposed to show up and be the difference maker between these two teams that never materialized during the regular season. So uh, I think them getting it done without those players and potentially adding that depth in at a later date definitely, I think, can play a, a role in this series in, in the mind game. Because I think if you're Dave Tippett, and I think that if you're Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who are looking and saying, yeah, I know we carry a lot of the load here, but their guys are showing up to, to help win a game. Guys you don't expect to show up, guys you don't expect to get on the scoreboard are helping them win this game. Maybe you guys could contribute in that part as well. It can't all be Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And you know what? Maybe those guys are good enough to get the Edmonton Oilers through a couple of series, potentially in the playoffs by doing what they do. But it's all going to end up down the road in a situation where they're going to play really, really good, strong, deep teams that are going to have the, the ability to shut those guys down at various points. The Edmonton Oilers are going to need a full-team effort, full-team contribution if they're going to get somewhere, and they might as well start now because they didn't get it in Game 1, the Jets did, and that's the big difference. Yeah, it really is. Uh, man, Game uh, 2 in this series goes on Friday. Hey, have you ever been mistaken for Paul Rudd? Because they're asking on YouTube. <laughs> they said, hey, I thought this was um, – Rylan Spencer says, I thought this was Paul Rudd on the show, and I get mistaken uh, for Jason Sudeikis. So now they're welcoming the Jason Sudeikis show. I can see that. I definitely show. see that. Yeah. yeah, welcome to the Jason yeah. Sudeikis show. We now head out east and bring in our friend Paul Rudd. That's from <laughs> Ryland Spencer. So yeah, it, it's it's never it's never happened before. I've heard various other ones, but every time I hear it, they, they attach a poor man's version beside whoever it is. They'll pick some Hollywood star and say, "Hey, that's a poor man's version of that." So <laughs> uh, I'll be your Paul man's or your poor, poor man's Paul Rudd if you need me. To be. If we ever need to make a buck, we'll go to Vegas and stand on the corner and take photos with the tourists. All right, charge some I'm money. In. I'm in. All right, enjoy the uh, enjoy the day off uh, ish game day off until uh, game two tomorrow. Appreciate this, Sean.
Anytime, anytime. All right, Sportsnet's Sean Reynolds and co-host of the Kenny and Rennie Show. A couple minutes left, Drew. Uh, what do you take away from that? <clears throat> well, I'm back, and the mic's good. But, yeah, you uh, know what? We always say we got the best pit crew in the business. What you didn't see was during that entire interview, Ryan, our technical producer, was out here just making that thing work. We, we tried to make it work. He took it apart. Then finally, he's like, this isn't going to work. Went and brought another one in. It's taking care of you, though. These guys are the best pit crew in the business. Absolutely. Uh, as far as the interview, though, no, I, I liked what he had to say. Um, you know, talking about the others, they need more depth. Um, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, they can do a lot of damage, but they need the other guys to step up to, you know, the Nuge, the Chasons. Um, you know, they got to score some goals coming from those guys, clearly, going into game two and, and further in the series. Well, they didn't start the game together either, McDavid and Dreisaitl. They finished the game playing together when they needed to get the offense going. But, you know, and I thought... Dave Tippett can probably squeeze them for a little bit more. 23 and 24 minutes in the hockey game, I thought was, uh, was good. I think that they can play more. Yeah. I think they can start pushing 25, 30 minutes when you, when you really need them, um, especially with the three timeouts per period. So um, they do need more. They need more depth. We didn't see a lot from the news last night. Um, Jennifer Illingworth, she's our resident Oiler fan that watches every day. The Oil have to adjust their game for tomorrow. The Jets did a hell of a job keeping them to the outside. And then there's Kelly. Got to get pucks past them. Yeah, and that's what the Jets need to do. You know, you're going to sit back, and that's the game plan. So when you see the shots are skewed or the possession time skewed, and you think, man, they really outplayed them. No, that's exactly what we were trying to do. Let them carry the puck, protect the middle of the net, and we get a chance. Let's roll, right? Um, and yep. take advantage of our chances. So, uh that is, uh, that's the game plan for the Jets, and they executed it to a T. So we'll see what happens tomorrow in Game 2, Jets and Oilers. We got uh, three game, four games on tap tonight. Florida's in Tampa. Pittsburgh is visiting the New York Islanders. Toronto home to Montreal for Game 1 of their series. And Game 3, Minnesota and Vegas as that series shifts back to Minnesota. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we're going to go down memory lane. Uh, Dan Moriarty. You'll remember that name from NHL Cool Shots back in the day. I'm excited to connect with Dan again, so we'll do that on the other side. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on Rod's Week Off on Game Plus Television Network, Facebook, and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Sud's full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey everybody, Rod and Moose here. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Moose, we're here. We're holding it. If they don't believe me, <laughs> there it is. Listen. I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 for what, a couple of months now? Yes. And I love it. What did I say in our last podcast? Chat about this. No cords, no clanky razors. You know what? This is handheld, it's sleek, there are no cords, it's got a 90 minute battery life and a headlight. Yeah. But you now have the 4.0, and I have Ooh. to admit I'm a little jealous. Oh, What do you like about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's why we're doing this in the dark, so we can test out the headlight. It seems to be uh, not even that loud. Oh, Sounds loud there, but it's actually not that no, loud. It's, it's right uh, up against the microphone. I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna You get... want to know what's new about it? There was only one size trimmer on the 3.0. Now there are four. Oh. There's a travel lock. You ever traveled somewhere and your razor's been on the whole time and when you get to your destination, your razor's dead? Mm -hmm. This has a lock on it, so that doesn't happen. There's a lot of other things here. As looks-wise, it's sleek, a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. But more important than that, it's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology which alleviates those little nicks, those little bumps, Honestly, it will change your life, guys. And we're asking you to order now and join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. 
All right, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show. Programming note, it is Rod's week off. So instead of sitting in that chair, I get to sit in this chair. And we get to hang out. Rod will be back on Tuesday. Monday's the long weekend, so no show Monday. But we'll be back on the air on Tuesday. Chris Bird's having internet trouble. Stick with us, Chris. He says, my internet sucks. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, work on that, and hopefully we'll see it throughout the rest of the show. But it's uh, my pleasure now to go out on the video chat and join Dan Moriarty in California. If you remember that name, Dan, uh, it's, it's great to see you. Um, how are things? <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Think things are fantastic because now in the states we're vaccinated, so it's all good, and and you got fans back at the games. It's uh, it's pretty cool. We've been going across the United States over the last week or so. We've been in that with like to Nashville on the video chat. We've been to Carolina. We've been to Washington. They're all wide open, basically. How are things in your area? Yeah. Well, states are states are funny because obviously they're all different. Last night I'm watching the game. And we had on, uh, you know, the Canes, and you see the full house in, in, in Carolina. Then we go to the game at Edmonton. My wife says, where's the fan? I said, honey, it's just different in Canada right now. And how are things in California? I think, well, everyone's playing hockey in the NHL, except for the three teams in California, because we are the three worst teams right now in the National Hockey League. So we, we I sit here, and, and I, I, I stress about it, but I realize there is a future for all three teams. Think back a few years ago. They were all in the playoffs. So that's right. what's happening out here. You know, Darren, it's 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 interesting what's happening out here. But I think of because I'm in LA and I think of uh Robitaille and, and Blake and two Hall of Famers, and they're they're on the right track with the LA Kings. They definitely of the three teams out here, I feel those are the three teams that are aligned with the best as far as the most the in the future, the most success sooner rather than later. Well, Rod often referred to that area and those three teams as Death Valley because you just go in there and you know you're probably going <laughs> to come away from that road trip with nothing, right? You'd be lucky to get two points. Um, so it's not really doesn't really sit right to know that they're the you know bottom of the basement. But how quick you know how 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 quickly can they return to Death Valley? Well, well, they they can because if you look at well, you look at you look at the the Kings that I just mentioned. They have the top prospect pool in the National Hockey League right now. You look at what Anaheim is down the road from you. You've got Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale. And you got these guys. you got great young players. The question for me with Anaheim, of course, is where's Ryan Getzloff, future Hall of Famer, going to go? Will he stay here as he wants to? Or will he go to a contender down the road and, and just shake everything up there? Uh, as far as the Kings are concerned, they have a lot of great youth. As I mentioned, they have this prospect pool, the number one in the NHL. And you still have, you still have Norris Trophy winner, you know, um, Dowdy, uh, future Hall of Famer again, Andre Kopitar. You still have the, the 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 leaders there, and you have the leaders in the front office, as I mentioned with Rob Blake and and uh, and, and Luke Robitaille. So I believe they're they're there. As far as the Sharks are concerned, and, and I'm biased here because I've been doing voiceover for the Sharks for the past few years on their web series called The Deep until this year because COVID got rid of the sponsors. However, I look at that team, and I I, I saw last year in the in the bubble, I saw. Pavelski still playing in Dallas. And then this, this year, last night, Don scored a couple goals with the Avs. Well, they let those guys go because of contract situations, and they kept Eric Carlson, two-time Norris Trophy winner, but that two-time Norris Trophy winner from Ottawa hasn't come to California yet. They need that guy back to see how they're going to build that team out. And I worry about them because I don't think they have the cupboards full. The cupboards are bare because of Eric Carlson what they did acquiring that roster and that's my concern with the san jose sharks i'd like them back i'd like all three california teams back because imagine that darren you think about the nhl and at one time you have all three california teams in the playoff last night i i uh, two nights ago i'm watching i'm watching tampa florida mm -hmm. state of florida's on fire for hockey it's a great thing for our sport to see successful teams in the sun belt of of the u.s just because it's 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 exciting for us down here, and as hockey people, uh, being in LA, I, I I love it because this is not my home. It is now, but this is what I love to see the the the, the buzz for the hockey going on in the Sun Belt. And right now, as I said, Florida and that state's open is is crazy with fans. Unbelievable. I mean, ninety six hundred in sunrise. It <laughs> sounded like ninety six thousand, and that's the been for me the best series of the playoffs. I mean, game one for sure. Game two was a little extension of it. That's the best hockey I've seen in a long time. Well, yeah, I, I look at, I look at 
Well, they had that that pickup at the at the deadline. Some guy named Kucherov. <laughs> really? So he comes back, and all of a sudden, two goals his first game back. Really? Okay, you guys are that good. And top to bottom, Darren, they they are the best team for me because they won it last year. The cool part of hockey is can they repeat as so few teams have done the Red Wings not too long ago or obviously the Pittsburgh Penguins since then. But it it doesn't happen very often in our sports. It's a two-month survival test to, to go. And right now they have everything. And they've proved last year the way you win in the playoffs. You have to have your third and fourth line grinders. You have to have the guys who can give you some offense, can kill penalties, and then step up. Florida has a great coach with Quenville, and they have a great roster. They haven't been here before, and that's my concern for them. As we saw Tampa Bay learn over so many seasons how to win in the playoffs. I go back to to Detroit years ago when Stevie Eiserman, when he became that the defensive great player as a as a Hall of Famer as he is, but he changed his game, and they got great when they changed their style and learned how to win. That's what you do in the NHL. You have to learn how to win. Edmonton, I saw last night, I don't think they're there yet to learn how to win. Winnipeg has more has more depth. Again, I go back to the third and fourth line all the time. Darren, you got to look at these guys, the grinders, the role players, the glue guys. They're the ones that win in the playoffs. Your stars don't win in the playoffs. They've got to step up, and they have across the board, but your role players are the ones that carry across the first Where is Chris Draper? Where is... Darren McCarty, the guys who were so instrumental. I mean, they had oh, Fedorov man. and Iserman, but those were the those were you know heroes were were born in the playoffs, right? Think back to the grind line. You just said the guys they they became iconic in Detroit, and they were playing with Iserman, Fedorov. Let's go down the list. Shanahan, go down the Hall of Fame list. Right, but the guys who really held the banner, the guys who when they got the cup in their hand. The stars couldn't wait to pass it to them. And that was your your grind line. These are the guys who became, again, iconic stars in Detroit. And I guarantee you, well, not Darren McCarty. He's, 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 he's cleaned up. Uh, a, a good friend of mine at one point. And luckily for him. But these guys, besides Darren, they don't, uh, Darren McCarty, not you, Darren DuPont, they don't buy a beer in, this, in the state of Michigan. They just don't because that's yeah. going to live forever and rightfully so. And this, we saw the same thing last year with, with your third and fourth line in Tampa. You're going to see the same thing again this year. Brian Burke was right, and I love Berkey. When Brian went to Pittsburgh and became the president, he says, we got to get tougher. Well, I saw Tanev playing last night, and he drills people because he needs that toughness to go further with Crosby, no Malkin yet, et cetera. They got Jeff Carter, great goal scorer. He's also a tough player. Uh, these are the guys you have to have in the playoffs because, as we as we know, the the the, the, the rink gets tighter. There's less room. There's less space. And how do you how do you go through those two months of pain to get to that point? And you were just saying one of the best series, of course, Tampa and Florida. Who's going to survive it? I think Tampa. Uh, how banged up will they be? Wait to be seen. The other series that I'm loving is Boston the Capitals. Uh, you know, three games, three overtimes, double overtime. Now, uh, those teams are older. Can they withstand as they go through the survivors go through with the injuries they're going to have and how will that play off also because they are older teams? And I always say that, Darren, they're built for right now. I mean, every team wants to win now, but those two teams have to win now because the window's closing desperately. You can see the gray hair on me. Ovechkin has as much gray hair as I do. Yeah. You, uh, you're doing great things now in the business world as a communications coach, but does the, does the San Jose stuff, doing the voiceover for the deep and, and staying connected to that team, does that satisfy? Does that scratch the itch enough? It's funny. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I, I got to admit, I, I I love what I do. I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. And it's, it's a great, I travel the world there and being a communication public speaking coach. It's been great coming off of the interview world that I did for 20 years with TV and radio. I love that. The hobby, the passion is a sport of hockey. And that's the one thing that I miss. That's why uh, a few nights ago when the playoffs started, I look at my wife and said, honey, it's two months. She goes, I know, playoffs are starting. I said, I know, and I've, I've, I've got to watch. Now, my wife's half Canadian. Well, she's a newfie. That's part Canadian. <laughs> but she's she's half Canadian, and she gets the sport, but she never played the sport growing up, and she's never been around it growing up. So, she, But she loves the game of hockey. She loves the, my passion for it. And you brought up the, the cool shots. Obviously, you know, I love the Golden Knights in Vegas, one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. But my heart is with the wild because I had that one shift with the wild. So for me, I'm a wild guy. It's gotta well, be a, I'm not a wild guy personally. Well, I am, but 
I'm a wild fan. You told me that story when we were on the phone and I was sitting in the airport, but I remember that like it was yesterday. I mean, what did they do? Cut your, your laces, put the shaving cream in the gloves. I mean, you got to go to training camp with the Minnesota Wild. Like, this was expansion Minnesota Wild. Jacques Lemaire, Marion Gabrick, like that era. And then you got to play in a shift. Were you lining – you were lining up – What was it either against Solani or Korea? On the opening faceoff, they put they before the game and they had it all set up because the guys knew it was for cool shots and they said, "Great, Moriarty, I've played hockey with him before in charity events. He can at least skate and he won't kill us. He might kill himself, but he won't kill us." <laughs> and so they mic'd me up, of course, and then they, they said, "Okay, Solani, Korea." Paul said, "I'll do it." So Paul, who I knew pretty well, I knew Solani better, and but Paul said, "I want to do it." So we mic'd Paul up. And Paul, is true to Paul's form, once the puck drops, he says nothing. He's very serious. And Solani, I think, may have given us more, more audio, but it was fine. We, we lined up against him. I had that one shift, and Jacques Lemaire looks at me because a few shifts later, um, there was some fighting going on in front of our net. Noodles was our goalie. And, uh, and, and these are guys, it's preseason, don't forget. They're fighting for jobs. It's the it's the Mighty Ducks at that time still, and yeah. it's the Minnesota Wild. These are brand new, a brand new organization, two thousand. And Jacques comes behind me and taps me on the shoulder as the guys are going at it in front of the net. He's like, "Dan, you're done for the night." <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Because he was going to give me another shift. Yeah, he, he said, "No, Dan, we, you can't go back out. You 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 bite uh, yourself." <laughs> he was protecting you. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I know we're we're running out of time. So quickly, if there was the one guy that that you enjoyed the most being around. I mean, you've done Cuba Gooding Jr., all the L.A. stars, right? Uh, Dennis Leary, yeah. Kurt Russell, you name it. What was the best, the best guy? The best interview ever. Ovechkin. Sorry, I went wow. back to hockey. I went back to Alex Ovechkin. I was doing a live shot with Alex Ovechkin once in Pittsburgh, and we were in the Zamboni. And all of a sudden, the Zamboni comes off. And I pull him to the side, and he pulls me out of the way of the Zamboni. He's like, come here, Dan. And we're on live TV. And he's pulling me. He's saying, you can't get hurt. Uh, i got a game to play. I've got equipment on. I've got to go back into the locker room. But he was fantastic. He was a great guy to me. And then as far as celebrities are concerned, Kurt Russell was really one of the best. And I had a great long interview with him right after Miracle was coming out, uh, the, the film on the 1980 team. Sorry, Canada. I bring that up as an American once in a while. And, and he was he was just a great gentleman. And li- because I live in California, I live on the west side, I, I live near him. And I see him once in a while in, in the area. I don't live in his neighborhood, but I live near him. <laughs> his neighborhood's a little better than mine. <laughs> oh, so cool. Dan, this has been great. We, we, uh, we're out of time, but uh, I love it. Love hearing your voice. It brings back so many memories when we watch uh, the, uh, the Shark Show. So... Uh, Here's hoping you can Thank you. keep doing as much as you want to do. And you do the same and have a great time this week with, with, with the main guy out. You're the main guy. Let him have a good vacation. It's all <laughs> your it. show. Right? Great freaking job. And thanks for getting a hold of me. Really appreciate Th- it. Thanks, Dan. Stay in touch. Dan Moriarty joining us. NHL cool shots, man. That was awesome. We'll unpack that. We got to go to a break, Drew, but we'll unpack that. And we got some uh, big basketball news. Ooh, we're going to shift gears here, um, but we got big basketball news on the way. It's the Rod Peterson Show on Rod's Week Off here on the Game Plus Television Network, Facebook, and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports talk at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. All right, welcome back to the Rod Peterson Show. We will be going on the video chat in a second. Clark just told me to hang tight. Dakota Powell, says, uh, Dennis Leary. Yeah, one of the best. He was on NHL Cool Shots. Dennis Leary was. Drew, I got to apologize. I didn't. I mentioned Darren McCarty and Chris Draper. I didn't mention Joey Koser, who was a real big part of that group, too. Your cousin. So, uh... Here's your 30 seconds or 10 seconds to talk about Joey. No, yeah. I mean, I, I was intrigued by Dan's comments in that interview. It was a, a lot of fun to learn from that guy. And, you know, he said a lot of your points just on how you need depth. And, and those guys create space for those star players like the Eisenmans, the Shanahans, the Fedorovs. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Joey is uh, the reason why he's best friends with Steve Eisenman today. Our uh, intern, Rachel, in Toronto um, asked about the Russian Five. Yeah, they were big. Who were the Russian Five? Um, Fatisov. Larionov. 
Fatisov. Um, who's the defenseman? Oh man, that uh, Fedorov. Fedorov. That's three. Um, We're halfway there. Yeah, I know, right? Tell us who the rest of um, Konstantinov was the defenseman that got knocked out and ended up with the bad injury in the car accident yeah. afterwards. Um, but he was devastating. And there's one more. There's one more that I'm missing. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan on Facebook. I remember Cuba Gooding Jr. being at McMahon one Labor Day and McMahon appearing uh, in a movie of his. Um, and lots of celebrities have been in McMahon. See, Larry says, so, yeah, Larry Onof. Konstantinov I had. We're missing one. We're missing one. But we'll get back to this in a second because we're going out on the video chat and joining uh, Tanner Brightman, owner and founder of Golden Ticket Sports and Hoop Factory. And he's got big news. The Canadian Junior Basketball League, Tanner. Congratulations. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the big news today? Awesome, yeah. No, thanks for having me, Darren. I, uh, as soon as we got on, I went, wow, Rod got younger, better looking. <laughs> and it's like a reunion here with uh, with there too. Coach, and so we've got some Royal Regina Backshop uh, stories for you. Awesome, oh, yeah. <laughs> we could probably go 30 minutes just on that. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, Canadian Junior Basketball League, uh, real cool inaugural year kicking off next year. Uh, we're really excited about it. Golden Ticket Sports will have two teams, one based out of Saskatoon and one based out of Regina. Uh, there's 10 teams in the league ranging across Western Canada, and it's an under-20 league here for uh, for male athletes. So what we've found, uh, especially with this COVID, uh, whatever, almost two years now, is that there's a logjam for university teams, right? There's guys who haven't had to use any eligibility, so there's a lot of dudes here that are trying to find a spot to play, but there just hasn't been the same kind of turnover in athletes as there usually would. So between uh, ourselves and uh, a couple of partners here in Calgary, uh, that was where we went with it. We pushed forward for something else to really make it uh, a viable option for kids to stay at home, to play, uh, and to have some affiliation with universities. Really cool, really cool. So how many total markets? Like this, we're kind of trying to compare Obviously, we always want to compare this to something. It's almost like the junior hockey, but maybe more like the junior football circuit, right? That's kind of a bridge gap between players coming out of high school and not quite being ready for university ball. Yeah, completely accurate. And I think uh, the junior football league would be the best comparison, probably. Like right now to play on U Sports um, uh, roster for basketball, you got to be 23, 24, 25 to be cracking um, playing time right now. So it's become uh, more of a men's league here rather than a first or second year guys coming out of um, coming out of high school. So we think this is a really nice fit uh, for that and for guys to have the opportunity to keep playing at a high level with great coaching um, and, to, and to do it while still getting their school taken care of. So, How long has this been something that you've dreamed of putting together? Because it can't have happened overnight. No, I, and uh, and we can't um, take uh, the full kind of credit here for it. It's something I think people have been kicking around ideas for a long time. And actually, Chris, uh, my business partner and I here, we talked about doing it. And then just kind of in passing, we had another conversation with uh, Eddie Richardson out of uh, out of Calgary. And he said, actually, we're, we're launching this thing next year. Will you guys be in? And we said, yeah, absolutely. Count us in for two teams and we'll take care of some of the back end for the league and, and make it happen. Very cool. So you've got, is this the Regina and Saskatoon teams? Or which two teams That's will you right, be a part yeah, of? Yeah. That's right. How many That's teams right, total yeah. across the Canadian Junior Basketball League then? Sure. So inaugural year will have 10 teams. Um, and it was uh, kind of hand-selected by, as I said, Eddie, who's the, um, the league director. Uh, and uh, again, just a really unique experience here for guys to be able to come out and play because it's, you have a tough year, obviously, coming out of COVID where you haven't got your grade 12 year, maybe, right? And to have a place to play and to be able to go back and forth. And we were doing the math on it, just being in Saskatchewan as well. You really only got three options to play basketball after you're done to stay in the province. You could go to the U of R, you could go to the U of S, or you could go to Briarcrest. Uh, alternatively, we look at Alberta, and they've got 19 different schools that you could go and play at from the college or the, the U sport level. So hopefully this is a better opportunity for guys to stay at home and, and really make it happen. Very cool. And you're going to mirror the U Sports calendar, right? October, November, December, January, February. It won't compete with the CEBL, which is more of the summer league. And you'll have two leagues, a men's and a women's? Yeah, so men's league the first year. Uh, and then uh, the league's in talk of a uh, women's league here potentially launching next year. Um, and you're right on the calendar there, Darren. Yeah, so there'll be five tournament weekends we found was the best way to go about it. So three of those will be hosted in Calgary, one in Edmonton. 
and then one here in, in Saskatchewan, probably I would say in January is what we're pitching right now for the Saskatchewan host. So we'll keep you locked in for when that's going to happen and, and hopefully uh, a good show in here from the public. So. Very, very cool and tremendously exciting. Congratulations. Uh, can we talk about the facility? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about uh, n- number two here. Yeah, Musha, right? And, and not a small facility either. Tell us about that. That's right, yeah. It, uh, it's now about six months, I guess, in the making here. Um, and it wasn't something uh, last time that I was on here. We were talking about Lloyd Minister of Rights and now yep. Moose Jaw here. So 40,000 square foot facility. Um, it's the former Hillcrest uh, Curling Club. Uh, so it's right on Main Street there. It's attached to the Hillcrest Golf Course. Uh, and a really, really cool space. I mean, there was 16 sheets of curling ice in there at one point. Um, and now we're basically turning it and, and retrofitting it here with uh, basketball, volleyball, and beach volleyball will be in there too. So we'll have Saskatchewan's only indoor beach volleyball court. Exciting. Tremendously exciting. And we're ready to, are we ready to tip off this fall? Or when's the, when's yeah, the right. expected start date? This fall? Yeah, yeah, we would say uh, probably middle of July would be um, when we'll get this thing done. I was just, uh, I literally drove back from there. I sprinted up here into my apartment. Uh, and it was a good thing that I had like about three minutes here listening to kosher. Uh, <laughs> yes, back and forth here. Um, like, catch my breath. But yeah, middle of July is the plan here right now. The, uh, the hardwood gets laid probably the first week of June. So Cool. Drew, you got anything for him? doesn't even have to be about basketball. Yeah, sure it does. I want to ask a question about development with the basketball lead. Obviously, I, mean, I don't know. You know, nothing about basketball, but for the hockey, I mean, for me and hockey and developing, you know, growing players and whatnot, uh, how do you see, you know, growing the program with the basketball players for scouts coming to watch? Uh, yeah, just elaborate on that. Sure, yeah. I think um, Saskatchewan and, and probably Western Canada would be a little bit behind uh, Eastern Canada from a basketball standpoint, right? You know, we hear about Toronto a lot, we hear about Quebec uh, a lot here from the basketball side of things. So, just the chance for guys to get out and get seen. Um, and as I said, this log jam of athletes, you know, and uh, just them having scouts to be able to come out and see, I think is really good. The tie-in with the league here on the development side of things is that um, the coaching, uh, especially I think with our program here, we've got Greg Jockums leading the, uh, the, the North squad, uh, you know, U sport champion, CUBL champion, right? He's, he's kind of yeah. got the resume. And then uh, Kai Williams will be late leading the, the South squad here with uh, a bunch of other um, help as well. So coaching about as good as you can get it. And then our just contact and affiliation here with different groups and all over North America. Hopefully we find a place for these guys to play after they're done their uh, CJBL time. That is tremendously exciting. Congratulations on everything, Tanner. Uh, I appreciate this. And we're looking forward to uh, getting involved as much as we can with the CJBL. Congrats on this, and uh, all the best moving forward. Good to see you, dude. Awesome, fellas. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good, good to be on. Thanks, guys. You bet. Tanner Breitman from Golden Ticket Sports and the Canadian Junior Basketball League. So stay tuned for that. And just before we break, the Russian Five, Sergei Fedorov, Vladimir Konstantinov, Slava Kozlov, Slava Fatisov, and Igor Larionov. We were so close. Ooh, were we were so close. Good. My word. All right. We got viewer takeover. I've got texts on the Prairie Mobile text line, 306-840-8777. You can get your text messages in. Uh, any thoughts you have on Leafs Habs game day? If there's any Oilers, Jets, leftovers, you want to go CFL, you let us know where you want to go. We'll do that next in overtime. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on Game Plus Television Network, Facebook and YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. All right, welcome back. Uh, overtime segment here. Uh, Darren Dupont here. Drew Koster is stuck around. He's still with us from the Off the Hazel podcast. We're going to talk uh, a little bit of golf in the overtime, but Ryan Gregory on YouTube, after game one, do you think the Oilers or Jets will win the series? You know what? I'll know after game two, because if the Jets have an answer for McDavid and Dreisaitl again, if they had something and it worked, and they apply a similar game plan and it works again, 
then I think the Oilers are in some real trouble. If this is a one-off, then, I, then I'm really not sure. Like, really not sure. But sports update, and the PGA Championship is continuing right now in Kiowa Island in South Carolina. Keegan Bradley is three under through 17. Victor Hovland also three under. And American Brooks Kepka three under through 16. They share the lead in the opening round. Uh, Trying to see who, what other notables. Henrik Stenson is minus one. Ricky Fowler, minus one. Tied for nine. Colin Morikawa, minus one as well. And I'm trying to scroll way down. Corey Connors is even, but he just got started uh, through one. Adam Hadwin, plus one through one. Uh, trying to give you the update here on the Canadians. What else do we got? Anybody else down here? Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, we'll tee off at 2.37, and I believe that's Eastern, so we should be coming down uh, fairly soon. Four games in the National Hockey League tonight. Tampa's home to Florida. Uh, the Islanders are home to Pittsburgh. That series tied 1-1. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are in Toronto for game one of their best of seven series uh, coming up at 7.30 Eastern, and Minnesota home to Vegas. That series tied at a game apiece. Your sports update is for Ben Goon's G2G Energy Bars. Uh, get 20% off using the promo code RPSHOW at g2gbars.ca. And for Caliber Coffee, get some of the freshest coffee beans around delivered right to your door. To order, visit calibercoffee.ca. Drew, PGA Championship, you said they're allowed rangefinders for the first time. Correct. And I don't know that, that you think it's a big deal? It definitely helps, but I think we just talked about it off, off the air a little bit. Like These, these PGA caddies are so good. Like I, I see what they do, and, and I, you know, I know one firsthand, just some of the yard books they work on and all the numbers and the walking and the pacing, and I, I don't think I did do it. I'd pass out at how much walking they do. Well, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. And I think why not? They know the distances anyway. And this is really minutia of golf, which most of the viewers are going to find not that entertaining, but those caddies, they know every area on the golf course and how far it is to every little spot on the green. I mean, I'm a, you know, eight, nine handicap who plays weekend golf. And I can sit there and say, that's about a buck 85. And then I pull up the range fighter and it's a, 183 yards or 180 yards, you know, like it's not going to make that big of a difference. The one thing I would, I would question I know that there's some range finders that show the greens. Mm -hmm. So that could play in a factor for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are the reason why they're professional caddies and uh, yeah, they're fine. Connor Woolman, the original intern, the OG intern, Connor uh, Matthews Hattie tonight. He's calling it. Austin Matthews with the playoff hat trick. We'll see. Carey Price is at the other end, and Carey Price can win a series all by himself. So can Connor Hellebuck, and he was pretty darn good in game one last night. Jeff Kabilis wants to know if uh, Gallagher is back for the Habs. He is. That is big. Do we want to put those lineups up one more time, Clark? If it's not too tough, we got, you know, four minutes or so left in, in the program. Um, but, yes, he's in, which means around here, Adam, for the Leafs, uh, Adam Brooks is out. Pierre, let's do Leafs first. So we look at the Leafs lineup. Riley Nash will draw in. Um, Ilya Mikheyev draws in on that third line, which means that Adam Brooks is out. Pierre Engvall is going to sit out. And Rasmus Sandin on the back end on the third pairing, he's going to draw in with Zach Bogosian, who's back in the lineup, which means Travis Dermott will be out. And Jack Campbell gets the starting goal tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And on the other side, it's Carey Price in net for the Montreal Canadiens. They've got Gallagher back. Weber looks to be pretty good on that second pair. But as you see in the forward units, you can't have that many forwards. Uh, Kasperi Kokniemi is out. Cole Caulfield is out. Out. Do you like that move by the Habs, Dominic Ducharme? No. I, I like Caulfield a lot. <laughs> but but I, I like to see him be, see the lineup. But guys like Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, I think they have to play, I think, with, with Anderson. I think that could be an X-factor line. Uh, I don't know. I don't see this series going long, but it could be a lot of fun. Um, and tonight will be a lot of fun. See where Carey Price is at. Tomorrow... On the program, Football Canada President Jim Mullen will be alongside. Uh, Three Down Nations Justin Dunk will be here. And Mo Khan at a TSN Montreal. I'm excited to hook up with Mo. I haven't talked to him since, geez, it was Christmas time, New Year's podcast I did for, with him and Nick Lewis. And, uh, 
and uh, Devontae Claybrooks. That was a lot of fun, so it'll be good to catch up with Mokon on a real football Friday. We'll have Lynch in here. He'll be in the chair. I think we had problems with the mic today. We'll see what happens when Lynch <laughs> gets his hands on it, but uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, How about that? couple minutes left. How about that, indeed? Uh, to get to the Prairie Mobile text line and your thoughts, Brady in Saskatoon. Hey, dupes, getting a quick text in before I leave for the day. This came in this morning, and I can't believe I didn't get to it. I hope tonight's Habs versus Leafs game is a good one. God mode, Kerry activated. Kerry Price. The Leafs better watch out. The best seasons of his career have come when he's cared in practice. So we'll see. Go Habs, go from Brady. Steven in North Dakota. Hold my beer. Dry humor. I can't pay late viewing fines all the time. My stock uh, in, I can't read this, Alutane Isles Rail is underwater. And it gives a little weird face. Steven in Minot, North Dakota. Am I going to the train station now? Question mark. For being late and not tuning in? I'm not sure. He's a little bit all over the place. A lot of curveballs here from Steven in North Dakota. That needs a, I don't know. And Ken in Saskatoon, good job in the big chair, Darren. Notice the uh, less hand rubbing today. <laughs> and uh, more knuckle locks in and finger tip push-ups. Okay. It was always the thing I used to touch the mic too much, and now it's uh, the hands. As Jeff says, a great job, dupes. Keep on rolling. Great job, Drew. Keep on rolling, dupes. And Rylan Spencer loved the show, DD. And Jeff also wants to know how can you have Caulfield out. He's the young guy with all the energy. But, hey, it's tough. This is playoffs. Yeah. It's a different game, right? Quick thought over to you, and we're going uh, to bring you in for our weekend show this weekend on Access to talk more about the Pilot Butte Storm, but you're the head coach. How exciting is that? Yeah, I'm excited. It's, uh, it's an honor and looking forward to the opportunity. Um, you know, took the pandemic to work on some recruiting and whatnot. So uh, it's been already a, a lot of work so far, and, you know, I've been in contact with the players, and, and they're looking forward to it. The Off the Huzzle podcast is rolling, too. Number one golf and hockey podcast out there in Saskatchewan. Off the Huzzle. Frenzy, Jim Mullen, Justin Dunk, Mokon. Tomorrow, we'll see you then. That's the secret sauce. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.